blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than Swiftcast. Hey guys, welcome to the very, very, very exciting episode 105 of Swiftcast. Woohoo! Yay! Woo! I thought if I like raised my energy level to when I'm talking, it would counteract the fact that I've had one hour of sleep in the last 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is that, Ashley? Well, so I went to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> I did the next best thing. I sat up all night on Twitter to watch updates from the very first show, which was, I feel like saying last night, but I guess it was this morning. It was exhausting, but so, so worth it. Yeah, I I just can't believe it's here. Like, I was so tired when I was watching everything that I feel like I dreamed the whole thing and it's not real. <laughs> it is hard to believe after waiting so many months when Red ended that we finally have a tour again. Well, it was definitely worth it for me to watch because I pretty much won at all of my predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give you mad credit for that. You did a great job. You should be a fortune teller. <laughs> I really was very prepared to be wrong because I thought I was just being hopefully optimistic. Well, we'll get more into it in a minute, but I know some of you guys might not want to be spoiled, so we did this episode a little bit differently. We're going to talk all about the Tokyo show in just a minute, and if you don't want spoilers and you want to hear the news and our regular segment, you can skip to the last 15 minutes of this episode and you can get those. And we'll always try and give spoiler alert warnings anytime we're going to talk about the tour in an episode, because I know some people's shows are a few months away and you might want to wait and not know anything until then. Completely understandable. Even though I don't understand how it's possible, because I have no willpower <laughs> when it comes to Taylor. None. <laughs> but I guess we can just jump right into it. I just want to say, even before the show started, I was just blown away by everything about the Tokyo fans. I mean, I know she's played there before, but it just seemed like the crowd was insane. People got there so early. The costumes, I started seeing pictures of costumes a few days even before the show. People were so excited. They were already putting them on and it was just amazing. Well, even just at the airport, the welcome that they gave to Taylor, the welcome they always give to Taylor <laughs> is incredible. Yes, and I wonder, I couldn't really tell, but I wonder if she learned how to use the panoramic photo options <laughs> from last time. <laughs> I didn't see her using it this time. Last year for Red, she looked like she had no idea what she was doing. She tried, though. She did. I'm just always really impressed with the Swifties out there. I'm glad that they got to help Taylor kick off the tour. I saw that Taylor Nation tweeted a video of some fans in line several hours before the show started, and it was the longest line I've ever seen. It just went for miles. Yeah, it was so long. I, I couldn't believe it either. Now, how many people were actually at that show? Wasn't it like 50,000 people? Yeah, the dome holds 55,000. 55. I was just really anxious for the doors to open because I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago, there's nothing like that first moment when you get the first glimpse of what the tour stage looks like. Yes, and seeing photos of it was crazy. The catwalk was insane. Seriously. And then the curtain itself... 
that was hanging over the stage. It was like a boombox, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know, I was reading on Tumblr that somebody made a painting of a boombox months and months ago and posted the, the photo of it. I guess Taylor liked it. I'm not sure if she commented on it. But when you put the two of them side by side, they look very, very similar. So maybe Taylor used this fan's painting. I couldn't really tell from the post, but that's pretty awesome. And then the other thing that was really cool just as soon as people went in was that and we don't know yet if this will be at every show, but on every single seat in this 55,000-person stadium, they had put a special light-up bracelet for people to wear that later we saw was actually lighting up and changing colors to the beat of the, each song. That was so cool. That is seriously so cool. I love that. Apparently, some people were saying that's a Tokyo thing. I guess this venue, the Tokyo Dome, has those bracelets at a lot of their concerts. So it's hard to say if Taylor will do this at other shows, but I've seen it done before and it's always awesome. I know when I went to iHeartRadio Festival in 2012, not even for Taylor's set, but for one of the like electronic music sets, they had passed those out and it was awesome. From what I could see, those wristbands didn't say Taylor on them, did it? I don't think they did. Well, we'll see. It would be really awesome to have that in every sh country and at every show. Did you guys have any favorite fan costumes that you saw? I loved the, probably the ones that most people have seen, the Incredible Things and the black light-up ones with the 13s on the back. Yes, those were amazing. They were so good that the people couldn't wait. They had to put them on on Saturday. Yeah, I saw them floating around social media earlier, and I was glad to see both groups got to meet Taylor today. Were there any other costumes you guys liked? I saw the um, cheerleader outfits from Shake It Off. There were a few people wearing those, and um, I think I saw some pegacorns, too. Oh, yeah, they were good. And the Natalies were also spot on. So many Natalies. <laughs> Yeah, and it seems like the people going to the show were very talented with the use of lights. Yeah, definitely. And seeing the photos of the whole dome lit up is really cool. It looks so pretty. Yeah, they definitely went all out. So it turned out for this show that there actually weren't any openers. It was just Taylor. Like a dream. Dan. Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just Vance Joy is going to be awesome, along with Haim. I can't wait for that. But it would be kind of cool to just walk into a, your show and then it's like, oh, Taylor's the first person I'm going to see. The first, the last, and the only. Well, she had tweeted at some point walking to the stage and people were really getting excited on Twitter at that point. And then I feel like it took almost another like 10 minutes until she was actually on. She applies to go under a million wires and step around all of her <laughs> costumes <laughs> That's true. I remember on the backstage tour of Red, it's pretty crazy, and I bet this one was even more. But people were tweeting, walk faster, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was the group huddle, I wonder. Oh, the oh, group yeah. huddle. They probably have a cool chant where they rhyme something with 89. Oh my god, I want to know what it is. Because <laughs> the red one was, what was it? Rock'em, Sock'em, Knock'em Dead, whatever city this tour is red. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, I wonder what it is. We should ask her on Tumblr. I feel like it'll be something with cats. <laughs> 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 
while there's a lot of speculation and guesses about what the first song would be, but I was not very surprised when we found out that it was, in fact, Welcome to New York. No, I think we all guessed this, and it makes complete sense for the tour. Oh, absolutely. It's perfect intro. She had a lot of New York-looking buildings lit up on stage, and that was cool. And her outfit was... All of her outfits were just really amazing. I think what she said is true. They were less costumey and more... Well, she said they were more chic, but to me, chic means like almost kind of classic and not flashy, which doesn't really make sense. (laughs) These were some pretty flashy outfits. (laughs) They were flashy, but they weren't as costumey as in previous tours. I feel like some of these outfits you could just wear... I could see her wearing just in everyday life. True. And I guess we'll have to see if when she comes over to the U.S., if she has all the exact same outfits or if it's different. So we kind of were thinking that we'll talk to you guys more about costumes and scenery on the stage once the U.S. portion starts, because it might change. Especially because of shipping, logistics. I'm thinking there probably will be more production elements in the U.S. just because of that shipping issue. It's probably tough to get everything over there, especially when she only had two international dates at the moment. Well, I think everyone can also agree that we are all thrown for a huge curveball when immediately after Welcome to New York, she went into New Romantics. I was shocked. I did not see that one coming, seriously. I didn't even think it was going to make it on the set list. And I know that we all thought it would be towards the end, maybe as the song right before Shake It Off. Yeah, I thought it would be the fake last song, and then she would do an encore. Well, she wanted to keep us guessing. She said that all along. Yeah, I was so happy to see this on the set list. I can't wait to hear it live. What if she changed the order of the songs every night? It's possible, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Just threw us all completely for a loop. That would be insane and really exciting. (laughs) I don't know if she could do that, though. How much coordination that would take. Especially with the costume changes and things. Right. And I do want to say that on previous Taylor tours, while I obviously love every moment of them, there have definitely been numbers that haven't entertained me as much that I would think, you know, maybe if I'm going to go out to the bathroom or get something to drink, like I would be okay with doing it during this song. There is not a single song that I would dare step one foot outside the door (laughs) during on the set list. Well, now I'm curious, for other tours, which songs did you go get a drink? I mean, I didn't usually actually go, but like, you know, there's songs that just don't hold your attention as much and you might be checking your phone or something. Oh. By the last tour, it was definitely You Belong With Me. Oh. Yeah. Well, it makes sense when, I mean, like, like we do, we go to so many concerts. I mean, when you get, start getting up there, like, you know, 10th, 11th concert, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Until this era, I realized that every single time, literally every single time I've ever seen Taylor, she's saying, you belong with me. Hmm. Wow. You know, from the Fearless era all the way through Red, and even when she would do, like, iHeartRadio or concerts like that, she would always do that song. So definitely a little bit relieved that other songs got to take its place because she did such a great job with the set list. And I guess there was a video right before New Romantics, I haven't seen it, that was Taylor's friends talking about her. Right. I think it included Selena and Carly. 
I saw stuff about it, but I didn't really want to watch it because the videos weren't that good quality and I think I'll appreciate it more in person. Exactly. I did the same thing. Well, so then she went into a blank space and I guess we were a little bit mistaken because this performance ended up being closer to the Brit Awards performance than to the AMA's spectacle that we wanted. Yeah, I thought this performance would be more toward the middle or end of the concert, but I also was a little bit disappointed about it being like the Brit performance, but I think maybe you have to figure the Brits was international, Tokyo's international. I don't know why they would have made the whole dinner table and all those picture frame setups for the AMA performance if she wasn't going to use them later. That just seems like a waste of time and money to me. So I'm not ruling out the possibility that she'll use the AMA performance when she's in the U.S. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, after that, it was so far three songs off of 1989, and we got our first throwback, which was, I don't know if remix is the right word, but it was basically a totally new version of I Knew You Were Trouble. Now watch a little clip of it. It was interesting. I, I couldn't make out much just because the sound quality wasn't that great, but it seemed like kind of darker and really slow and interesting. I liked it. I really liked it. From the first few seconds I heard, the first thing that came to my mind was it sounded a lot like Lord. Yeah. She sort of has that dark persona. Nate, you must be excited about this being on the set list. Oh, absolutely. I, am. I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs. I'm actually very happy that it made it back to the set list. I mean, I know it's so popular, but... I love the first performance from Red so much that I really wanted to see this again. I think she did it just for you. I bet. You know what? Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> she heard my call. No, but really, it, it just seems really cool. It seemed a lot more um, like epic to me, if that makes sense. Like an epic style of, of song, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because so. I know that we said on our tour predictions episode that you weren't on, Nate, but I think we all kind of agreed or felt like if she was going to keep it on the set list, that the performance could easily end up being just really similar because we couldn't really figure out what more she could do with it. So, you know, portrayed in a different way, but she totally redid the song. Which I think is awesome. I'm glad she did. Well, after that, I was very, very happy because she then did my favorite song from 1989, which is I Wish You Would, which you guys tried to tell me she wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> we were so wrong. I was very, very happy. Even though I wasn't sure it would be on, I obviously wanted every single song to be on. I guess in hindsight, knowing that it was part of the bonus tracks too, I mean, you know, the bonus recordings anyway, I guess it makes sense, you know. She really tried to push this song in the album, so. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's why I picked I Wish You Would over All You Had To Do Was Stay. But they both ended up on and I was so happy. I didn't really watch much of this performance at all. And I don't really want to because I'm just so excited to see it in person that I don't feel the need to spoil it. Yeah. Although Taylor did make a really great speech before she performed this song and she talked about 80s movies. She said, you know, writing the album 1989 was different from everything else I've ever done. It was interesting as a songwriting experience. If you have ever listened to my music, you probably know that I'm intrigued by writing songs about love and relationships. For this album, I was a 25-year-old girl living in the big city, single and writing about love from the outside looking in. 
And then she talks about how she learned a lot about love and just through her experiences as she was growing up. And then she says, my favorite movies were teen movies that came out in the 80s. Movies like Breakfast Club, Say Anything, and Sixteen Candles. Those were my favorite movies. In these movies, you always had two characters who were very different from each other, but somehow they were perfect for each other. They meet, sparks fly, I love that part of the speech, <laughs> and they fall in love. Then halfway through the movie, there's this terrible miscommunication, and then they, you know, pretty much break up, and then get back together at the end, is the gist of her speech. But I just thought that was really cool because we have always, throughout our episodes, especially Ashley has mentioned about the 80s movies and this song just plays out like an 80s movie. She must be listening to us. It's, that's got to be it. That just reminds me of, because I think this was one of the earlier songs that we just did our album discussion on. And I don't really know if I think it has a chance of having a video, but I... I'm just really hoping for one because I feel like it would look just like one of those movies. And it would be the perfect song to put in a movie. Yeah, if they ever decide to do a remake or something in the style of any of those movies, I would love to see that. Also, if they decided to remake those movies, it would probably ruin the movies. So hopefully they don't do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll, they could just use I Wish You Would in the next big romantic comedy movie or something. Well, speaking of all those 80s movies, the next song was How You Get the Girl, which I was pretty surprised. I think I mentioned if I had to cut one song, I would think she would cut that, but she didn't. And her outfit, it almost looked like she had on like a pink princess prom dress and cut out the middle to make a crop top and skirt. And it reminded me a lot of the outfit that Molly Ringwald wears in Pretty in Pink. Exactly. And did you see it lights up somehow? I don't think I even saw that part. I had noticed that because you can kind of see a um, battery pack in the back of her outfit. That'll be really cool. Like Ashley, I was shocked that this song was included. Me too. I got a feeling that fans didn't really like this song. I love it. So I was glad it was on. Fans liked it. I don't think they like despised it or anything, you know, but... It's still one of those that you, yeah, you're just surprised to see on the set list. So. Yeah, I don't think fans hate it per se, but I think it's just not a favorite. But I'm really glad it was on. My friend Zach, who's going to the Chicago show with me, that is his favorite song. <laughs> is it really? That's funny. <laughs> and I was telling him that it wasn't going to be on because I was so sure and I had to tell him I was wrong. <laughs> He's going to be super happy. Well... I think what was throwing me off so much the whole time I was watching these updates was that none of the songs were really in the place in the set list that I would have imagined them being. They weren't at all for me. And I, I'm sure that was intentional. I feel like maybe she wrote down like the logical order that she would think they should go in and then just maybe mix them all up because we really had never any idea what was coming next. And I feel like right around this point in the show, around after five or six songs, people started mistakenly tweeting that she was on Shake It Off. And while I thought there was no way that that wouldn't be the finale, I started to believe these tweets because everything was so mixed up. I also thought that tweet was correct. And I was very confused, but I thought, well, She's mixing everything up. The only thing I really had in the right place was Welcome to New York. So <laughs> I thought, oh, okay, maybe she's doing Shake It Off now. I was glad that that was incorrect. 
But I was surprised with the next song. I Know Places was actually next. And I thought that would be more toward the end of the whole concert. Yeah, I like wasn't even emotionally prepared for it. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Nobody was. I Know Places is one of my favorites. So I just listened to a very tiny, tiny clip of it because I do want some surprise. And the way she says, and we run, just killed me right there. So... <laughs> Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> I haven't looked at anything about this song yet either. <laughs> I love this song. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to survive when I see it live. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I made it to the set list, though. In my head, I can't even really picture most of the outfits, like which songs they went with, because I saw so many pictures and short clips that the only one I remember was that pink dress. But did you guys notice, this was all over Twitter, that... People took pictures of her outfits from the Fearless tour, and it looked like she literally just cut some of them in half to make these <laughs> 1989 outfits. It did. The, the black dress for Should Have Said No on the Fearless tour, and the white dress for Love Story. There are two outfits that look like she just cut them up. It's so funny. I mean, you know, maybe going back to the 80s, she decided to recycle. <laughs> Somebody should also ask her that on Tumblr. Was it the white dress from Love Story from the Fiona store? Yeah. I don't even remember that dress. I'm really trying to think here. It was the white dress that after she takes off the Victorian dress, right? Right. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. I remember now. I think she's always, well, no, Speak Now is a pink one, but on Fearless and Red, she had a white dress for Love Story. I could remember the red one, but... Yeah, I don't know. They're so similar that I almost feel like her doing that was sort of like a like a little inside tidbit for those of us who have actually been there since the Fearless era. Definitely could be. Well, again, I was so confused because after I Know Places, Taylor went into All You Had to Do Was Stay, which I would have thought would have been like way earlier in the set list. Yeah, you did. I thought it wasn't going to make it at all. I'm so glad it did. And again, for all of these songs, I really only saw short clips. The one thing I remember from this song was I feel like I saw her lying on the ground on the stage. Yeah, that photo has been going around. And that gave me such a like forever and always vibe. Yes. <laughs> Everything old is new again. Did you guys see in that background photo of her lying on the ground? There's a skyline of New York on her dress, I guess. I didn't see that. That sounds really cool. Oh, on the dress? That's cool. Yeah, it's like a hologram or something that they had along with her picture there. It was really cool. Was that the only song that she used that outfit for? I'm not sure. Okay. Hmm. All the outfits blurred together for me. Hmm. Yeah, some of the photos were a little bit grainy and it was hard to see. And it's also tough because you're following along with the set list and then photos come out and you're not sure which song it even goes with because of the delay in getting the photos. But that sounds really cool with the projection. I'm excited to see that. So after All You Had to Do Was Stay, she finally made her way over to the B stage and my mind was blown when she started singing acoustically, You Are In Love. I was shocked. This is the song we, on episode 104, said we could see her just never performing this, maybe even just once or twice. And then first night of the tour, there she is singing it on the B stage. 
Now, I personally think that this song, number nine in the set list, will be the surprise song and it will get rotated throughout the whole tour. I agree. I think so too. I think you, yeah, I think you absolutely hit it. I really liked it and I honestly would have no problem if she kept it in every night, but just because of the spot where it was and that it's acoustic and that it's a bonus track, I feel like it'll be rotated. I always liked the song, but this acoustic version just blew my mind. We know I want to make a point about the secret song. At the secret session in Rhode Island, there was a girl that asked Scott Swift right there. She asked him if Taylor was still going to continue to do B-stage songs. And I know I've said this before in another episode, but I do want to just say it again. He said that he doesn't think she will ever not keep doing the secret songs. He thinks she's going to just keep continuing that. So I think if anything, if there is one on the set list, I agree. I think it has to be acoustic and it would most likely be the song. I hope she does it forever. It's such a good thing for us. Oh, absolutely. We loved figuring out which song is going to be played, and each show is different then. I think she knows that some people try and make it to so many different shows, so. (laughs) Yeah. She tries to change it up, on top of just keeping it interesting for her. Since this set list proved that literally anything is possible, I'm definitely not losing hope that we could hear Sweeter Than Fiction. No, you should not lose hope. Oh, that would be so cool. Ever since she announced that this album had an 80s theme, I've just thought, you know, she never did Sweeter Than Fiction on the Red Tour because maybe she knew that it was going to be a better fit with this tour, and I'm still going to be holding out hope for that. Me too. I really would love to see that live. Well, after You Are In Love, I don't think anyone saw Clean coming as the next song. No, not at all. No. (laughs) I thought it would be the piano song. Yeah, and a little bit later in the show. But not only was the performance amazing, the speech that she gave before this will live on forever, everywhere. I've already seen two million people posting the quotes from it. Yes, the speech was amazing. So before she performs clean, Taylor says, Maybe you lost someone you never expected you would lose. Maybe you lost yourself. That's even worse. When you have bad days that just won't let up, I just hope that you will look in the mirror and remind yourself of what you are and what you are not. You are not your mistakes. You are not damaged goods from your failed explorations. You are not the opinion of someone who doesn't know you. You are a product of the lessons that you've learned. You are wiser because you went through something terrible. And you are the person who survived a bunch of rainstorms and kept walking. I now believe that pain makes you stronger. And I now believe that walking through a lot of rainstorms gets you clean. Perfection. Truly. That is the first time I've heard that. Seriously, that is inspirational. That is awesome. I think they should start just dropping tissues from the ceiling like confetti during that I was going to say that needs to be written out on a greeting card so we can all buy it. And send it as like a thinking of you card to all your friends when they're (laughs) having a bad day. It's totally appropriate. You know, she had some really good speeches on the Red Tour. She had the one for Mean about how you don't outgrow meanness. And then she had the one about All Too Well. And those were both very memorable and emotional, but these are just better. I can't wait to hear the clean one live. I will need those tissues falling from the ceiling. And I feel like it'll be like she did with the mean one. I feel like she'll adapt it a little bit each night. Exactly. Well, since she loved toying with our emotions and it seemed like every other song there was a super upbeat and then super emotional song. After Clean, she was still on the B stage. She went right into Love Story, but it was the keyboard version that we first heard back in September when she performed at iHeartRadio. 
so exciting to see this song with keyboard. We did see that one coming. We predicted that one. We did. Yeah, we knew there had to be a reason she made it. Mm-hmm. And the B stage here is really cool. I couldn't really see it that well from the photos, but it looks like it's a big arm that extends and I think it might spin around or something. It looked really quite fascinating. And so at this point, we are on song 11, and we really didn't know how many total songs there were going to be. And this was when at least I started to panic a little bit. And I was like, oh my God, she hasn't done this song. She hasn't done this song. Like, (laughs) when is she going to fit them in? What's going to happen? Because we just couldn't see what was coming at all. And so then after Love Story, she ended up deciding to do Nate's favorite song. Here we go. Style number 12. And again, I really just expected this to be earlier. Me too, seriously. I mean, I knew she wasn't skipping it, but I was just, I was so, I keep saying I was so confused, but I really was. Maybe just because I was so tired and nothing made sense. (laughs) Just completely delirious the entire time. (laughs) Does anyone know if she gave a speech before that? I don't know. I don't think so. I wasn't even totally aware because of the way videos were coming in. At what point she was leaving the stage to change and coming back on. Everything was happening so quickly. Yeah, it's tough to follow along sometimes. Well, I was really excited to see Style and I didn't catch too much of what the performance looked like. So I'm excited to actually see it. But did you guys notice going back a little bit to Clean that the video screens had imagery that looked kind of like the Style video? Yeah. They had like the silhouette of her head, I think. Right. And Taylor Nation tweeted a photo of just her eyes. Yeah, that was interesting. I liked it. I was still really disappointed that there weren't any Victoria's Secret angels (laughs) walking the catwalk during style. Yeah, that was my prediction. I don't know how I got that wrong. (laughs) I guess they were busy at the Met Gala. I mean, Giselle retired. I wasn't going to be surprised if she showed up too. But it seems like the technology for this tour is just really way updated and just beyond my imagination, just with all these projections and the way the stage is working. It's really cool. She said that in that, I think, Access Hollywood interview that she had last week. Yeah. So after Style, she did my other song that you guys all told me she wasn't going to (laughs) do, This Love. (laughs) Was this the one where she was spinning around on the arm? I think so. From what I remember. And now all throughout these songs, people had the light up bracelets. So it was just making it look so much more amazing. Yeah, I was really surprised this song was on it. But I'm so, so glad. This Love is the only song Taylor wrote completely by herself. Nathan Chapman produced it and he's been with her since the beginning. So it's a fantastic song. And I'm so glad it's on. I love being wrong on (laughs) these predictions that I had because I just didn't think she was going to play as many as she did. Well, once again, she took the drastic opposite style of song for After This Love when she went into Bad Blood. And I really didn't even see any of the song. I just knew that it had to be a rage fest. From what I saw, the outfit was pretty awesome. And it did definitely look like a rage fest. It also, like, it seems like all of these songs was not in this place that I thought it would be in the set. I thought it would be more toward the beginning before the B stage and it was not, but it looked awesome. This would be a cool song to just start like moshing to at a Taylor Swift concert. It'd be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, if you did start a mosh pit during Bad Blood, you could definitely have kept it going during the next song because she turned We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together into like a screamo rock song. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Nice. I like that. And I don't know because I know that, you know, she's been distancing herself from Big Machine and Country a little bit, but I just can't help but wonder if this had Scott Borchetta's influence because he's so into all those rockers. Right. I absolutely loved this. I only heard a tiny little clip of it. I think I've said on other episodes, We Are Never is not one of my favorite songs at all. I think last episode we talked about how we kind of don't even want it to be on the set list, but I'm in love with this. Taylor is just rocking out on her electric guitar and it's so rocky. And it's funny to think last week during those interviews when she said, for the next album, it's going to have to be very, very different creatively. And part of me is thinking, is she going to go in sort of a rock direction next? Is this a preview of what's to come? Who knows? The one part where she says, indie record that's much cooler than mine. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, where she screams that line, literally. <laughs> it's amazing. And I was just thinking about how her band members, Paul and Amos, I know they're really big fans of Kiss and bands like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like they might have had some influence on it, too. They probably love doing this. Oh, seriously, they have to. I mean, being a pop concert most of the time, they don't get to do a lot. This has to be their favorite song. I always love seeing them perform. They are very talented, seriously. Yeah, we really didn't get to see too much of them at all because of the quality of these videos. Oh, man, I cannot wait to see this one live. Well, I think after this performance, we were just like, where are we? Like, what's going on? Like, what number song are we on? Like, what? 1989, huh? Like, we really didn't know what else was coming. And then I'm sitting on Twitter. People still aren't recovered from that performance. All of a sudden, I start seeing all of these tweets say Enchanted. And I was like, am I this tired? Am I straight up hallucinating right now? What, what is going on? And well, it turned out that she went to the piano and she did a mashup of Enchanted with Wildest Dreams, which is so genius. I never would have guessed she would do something like that. Never. Oh, that's such a good idea. You're so like whimsical, fantasy based. And her costume for that actually looked exactly like, well, to me, it looked exactly like the one for Enchanted during the Speak Now tour. But then later on during the performance, the bottom came off and it became a onesie. Which looks a lot like what Carly Kloss wore at the Victoria's Secret fashion show in 2013. I love that outfit. Well, I was also very confused when I was reading about Enchanted. Especially last week on episode 104, I said I didn't think any songs from Speak Now would make it. And then I'm like, Enchanted? What? I love Enchanted. So it was very exciting and I cannot wait to see this live. I just listened to a tiny 30 second clip of it and I can tell I'm probably going to die. Out of the many times I'm going to die, this will be one of them. And I did say that I thought she would do Wildest Dreams on piano. You did. Man. So how many is that now, Ashley? How many <laughs> of you guessed correctly? <laughs> Pretty much all of them. Literally everything. <laughs> Except for You Are In Love. I should just defer to you for the next album. Well, then, we knew the show had to be close to over, but there were still some questions on what was going to happen. When New Romantics and You Are In Love had been played, people really thought that, oh, she's definitely going to play Wonderland, but she didn't end up playing it. After this Enchanted Wildest Dreams mashup, she went into Out of the Woods, and I really didn't get to see how this transitioned. Do you guys 
see anything? I just saw that there are actual paper airplanes flying around, and I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that clip. It's giant. There were trees, weren't there? Yes. They had trees in like Taylor's face as like the background. That was really cool. <laughs> oh, Taylor. It was cool that those paper airplanes were like these jumbo paper airplanes I saw. It's like flying around the stadium. Hopefully they don't give anyone a paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like crash into some like eight-year-old. <laughs> so the, out of the woods, you know, I know we said when we were talking about the tour that we were just really excited to see how much that song would get the crowd pumped up. And I think it definitely did because by the end of that song, you're screaming the chorus and... I guess that made sense that she wanted to get the energy level up really high so that Shake It Off could be the ultimate best finale that it could be. Yeah, thinking about it now, Out of the Woods really made sense for the second to last song. Just because she herself said way back in October she thought Out of the Woods really represented what the whole album was like. And she knew that fans would get pumped up with the chanting. So it was a good choice. And really, I just have to say, because of course, before the show, there were a lot of fake, like, fan-made set lists floating around, and if I had seen this set list floating around anywhere, I would have 1,000% said, this is fake, there's no way it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I would have especially laughed at Enchanted. Yeah. Well, one cool thing at the very end of the show is she has projected on the screen the quote, she lost him, but she found herself, and somehow that was everything. I thought that was a nice touch. Oh, that's cool. That's just perfect because that's in the album liner. That's the secret message on Clean, the last song on the album notes. And it's just the perfect message to leave people with for the whole show and album and era. And that's really great. Yeah, I love that she did that. It was really, really awesome. And apparently right before Shake It Off, there's this video. I've seen the video on Instagram. And it's Taylor with Meredith and Olivia. And Meredith is just completely done with Taylor and pretty much just jumps out of her arms. And then at the end, it says something like, no animals were harmed in the making of this video. Just one pop star was harmed. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really cute. And I think at the beginning of the show, before Taylor comes on, there's a video of things like secret sessions and in the opening of the venue, some of Taylor's costumes from Shake It Off and the Red Tour are in cases that you can look at. So that's cool. Now I have a question. Do we happen to know what song is played before Taylor comes on? Did we get that information? We don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a couple of tweets of some songs that were played throughout the night as people were waiting for her to come on. As we kind of guessed, it was a lot of songs by her friends. They played Worth It by Fifth Harmony, Pray to God by Haim and Calvin Harris, a couple others that I can't remember at the moment. They did play Like a Virgin from Madonna. <laughs> well, I said That's last funny. week that I thought that she was going to have some 80s songs playing. I could see it. I mean, really, seriously. Man, you really did call it. So yeah, I've been looking around trying to see if I could see for sure what was the last song that was playing, but I haven't really gotten confirmation. So I guess we'll just have to wait until we're at the tour in two weeks. Now, just as far as raw numbers, number of songs on the set list, in this case, 18, 18 songs on this 1989 set list, this has to be the most of any of her shows. Am I right? Right. That's crazy. How long did this show actually last? Do we know? It has to be like two and a half hours. It was close to two and a half. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, Taylor said on those interviews last week that she was singing straight for two hours. She really wanted to make our lives. I guess so. Or kill us. One of the two. (laughs) At least for Red, I remember that one was pretty much exactly two hours. I mean, you know, give or take either way, depending on the show. But yeah, it's nice to see she extended the set list. That's awesome. That's something I never thought she would do. She would go over a two hour mark. Well, by the time that this episode comes out, the second Tokyo show will have happened. It's happening in just a few hours now, and it'll be interesting to see if anything differs. We'll definitely be comparing and talking about it on episode 106 because, you know, I think even after the first show, she still wants to keep up the element of surprise. I could see her pulling out a secret song in place of You Are In Love, and that would be cool. So I'm excited to see if she does something like that. And excited to see what costumes people show up in since they outdid themselves on night one. Definitely. Well, we hope you guys who aren't avoiding spoilers enjoyed this very initial tour discussion. We obviously will be talking about it much more over the next six months. And now we have the rest of our episode. Well, there are some great older tweets from May of the past few years. Always a busy time for Taylor. Yes, first we're going back to May 4th of 2009, and it really does not feel like this was that long ago. Taylor tweeted, sitting in the hotel room, wishing I could telepathically turn off the lights. Still trying. And I think she was in London at that time. Our next one comes from May 5th of 2010. Taylor tweeted, please keep Nashville in your heart. Seeing the picture of the Grand Ole Opry halfway underwater was kind of a heartbreak I can't describe. Oh, I remember that. Was that because of flooding because of a big rainstorm, right? Rain for many days? Yeah. They did a great job rebuilding it, though. They had to rebuild the whole Opry Mills Mall and I think the hotel, too. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. Yeah, the entire mall was completely rebuilt and it opens back up in 2012. Our next one was from April 29th. 2012, Taylor tweeted the most magical night at Diana Agron's circus theme birthday party. I remember those pictures. Those were cute. They were. The next one is from May 2nd, 2012, so just a few days after that. Taylor posted a picture of Meredith, and she captioned it, Meredith in various displays of bad posture. This is happening a lot lately. <laughs> I think it's still happening. That's another one. I can't believe that was so long ago already. Three years. I think my favorite of her cat pictures recently was the one where Olivia is just standing up. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that one that Calvin posted? Yeah, I think so. She really does want to be a meerkat. (laughs) Our next one is from April 30th of 2013. And Taylor tweeted, It feels like one of those nights I Google nature-related questions. And she had a screenshot of her Google where it said, Where do frogs go in the winter? I feel like I'm 99% sure that when she tweeted this, at the exact time she tweeted this, we were doing an episode. And I remember saying, thanks, Taylor, for contributing to our episode. (laughs) (laughs) The next one comes from May 4th of 2013, so two years ago. And Taylor tweeted, we're playing our first stadium show of the Red Tour in Detroit tonight. Ford Field, 50,000 people, cannot wait. And then she put lots of exclamation points. And I just realized I counted, she put 19 exclamation points. She should have put 13, though. (laughs) I was at that show. It was awesome. Our next one comes from May 5th, 2014. 
Taylor tweeted, that moment when your cat casually walks up, then abruptly attacks your custom satin Oscar de la Renta gown during your fitting for the Met Ball. Never could forget that. Never. I'm glad Meredith didn't destroy that dress. I feel like Meredith got famous for that. Was the dress ripped? No, it was okay. Okay. But it is funny to think about a little over a month after that, Olivia came into the picture. (laughs) That was her punishment. (laughs) Well, the last one is from that same day when they were getting ready and Taylor tweeted, hair, makeup, Motown dance party with Carly Cloth. Well, I can't wait to keep reflecting on older tweets all throughout the spring and summer because there are so many tour tweets that are going to come up and I just love reflecting back on all of the past ones. Well, we do have a few news items from the past week, so we're going to move into Keeping Up With Swift and we first wanted to talk about Taylor's recent editorial debut with UK Glamour. The interview with Taylor was finally released and it's an interesting read. You can find it on any Google site, but you should also buy the magazine. It's going to be on newsstands on April 30th in the UK, and I believe it will be in the US and other countries around June. But the interview was really interesting. Taylor talked about relationships. She mentioned how she felt like she couldn't have a relationship because of media speculation, but she said she was really happy just being independent and hanging out with her friends. The interviewer also mentioned how grounded Taylor is and how she hasn't had any kind of meltdowns. And Taylor just explained this life was something she always wanted. And the good thing about her career is she had kind of a slow and gradual buildup to her success. She said it wasn't like she was shot out of a canyon into the stratosphere. She also mentioned that Mama Swift helps her to stay grounded. And one thing that I really liked about this article was the author talked about just how great of a person Taylor is. She showed up early for the photo shoot and the writer said this absolutely never happens. She learned the names of every single person on the set and then she also skipped her lunch because she was really worried they weren't going to get everything done on time. And the writer went into this and Taylor just mentioned that As a kid, she spent a lot of time watching VH1's Behind the Music because she was always fascinated by the rise and fall of different careers for different musicians. And she found that usually when the success begins to decline is when people just stop caring about basic human decency. And I just loved that part of the interview. It was great. So it's just classic Taylor. She's a nice person and shows that you can be really successful and actually be a good person. The Glamour magazine also includes Taylor's features that she wrote, which we covered a little bit of on episode 104. Those features include The Life Rules I Live By, The Ten Women Who Changed My Life, My Women of Tomorrow, and Taylor's Taste Tour. I'm really excited to read the whole issue, all of her stories. I ordered it on eBay and paid way too much to get someone in the UK to send it to me. It will be worth it. Yeah, that'll be a cool thing to have. Well, Madame Tussauds is the Wax Figure Museum, and I believe they have several locations throughout the United States. And the one in Orlando has a brand new wax figure of Taylor that is in its facility. It looks good. I was impressed. Can we take a moment to reminisce about when we went through the entire museum in New York (laughs) and got to the end where Taylor was supposed to be and she wasn't there? Oh, no. (laughs) We were all very disappointed. (laughs) 
we just kept going past all these exhibits, you know, stopping every so often, but thinking, we're almost at Taylor, we're almost at Taylor. And then she was gone. She went to Tokyo. Yeah, she went to Tokyo. <laughs> She's always leaving us for Tokyo. It's so rude. She got there ahead of time. It's funny to think back on that, though, because maybe she knew at that point already she was going to Tokyo, and that's why they sent it over there. <laughs> maybe that Wildest Dreams Toyota commercial that leaked was really just the wax figure, not Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very lifelike wax figure. But I saw pictures of this one from Orlando, and I have to say it looks a lot better than the New York one did. Yeah, I think it looks good. I like that she finally has the proper hair length, although she's probably going to change it in a week because it seems like she changes it every time after they make a new one. But I like it. So before Taylor headed over to Tokyo, she took some time to do a bunch of different interviews while she was in L.A. with all the different news channels just to promote the tour. And I just love hearing her talk about the tour because you can see how excited she is and how much she really is proud of it. Yeah, the interviews didn't really give us too much information, and obviously she's not going to spoil anything. But it was good to hear her talk about it and a little bit about what her vision is and how the tour came together. One of the interviews that she did was with E, and Taylor talked about how she does put a lot of pressure on herself to reinvent herself. And that about a year into a successful album, she starts to worry about how she can do something that's even better. She also mentioned she's hung out with Kanye and that he has a lot of ideas, but no creative decisions have been made yet. That was interesting because I was really set on earlier episodes that Kanye did the Bad Blood remix. And now I'm thinking maybe I'm wrong. Well, she does like to keep us guessing. I mean, she was pretty vague. She was. But the fact that Kendrick Lamar showed up at the music video makes me wonder if maybe he's the one who did the remix. I'm excited to find out. One of the other interviews she did was with E.T. And Taylor said that she's not making the next album yet because it's going to take a lot of thinking to figure out what it should be. And she said she just loves 1989 so much that it would be a disservice to try and copy it, which I agree. And she just said she's going for something very, very different. And again, they asked her about Kanye. And again, she said the same thing. She's never been in the studio with him, but he has a lot of great ideas. Very, very different creatively is interesting. Is she going to do hip-hop next? You know, I kind of feel like when she says she's not making the next album, she means she's not going into the studio to record it, and she's not necessarily sitting down in writing sessions, but I feel like she's still writing it on her own already. I think so. Even just look a couple months ago when she was at the studio with Haim. Maybe she was just watching Haim record or something, but she's been seen a few different times going into studios. And I just can't imagine that she's not at least writing because that's how she deals with life. So I'm sure she'll figure out something brilliant for the next album, whenever that may be. Taylor had a fairly long interview with Access Hollywood. It was about six or seven minutes. And she talked more in depth about the tour. She said her whole goal for this tour was to flip everything from previous tours and make it completely different because the album is so different and she wanted a whole new experience for the audience. She also mentioned that she has been rehearsing every single day for the last few months and in the past few weeks they were doing two run-throughs per day. She said that the concert consists of her singing for two straight hours with some insane costume changes. So that's a lot of rehearsals to do it two full run-throughs per day. We get tired just being audience members. 
<laughs> in talking about the costumes, Taylor said they feel very chic and she loves every single costume. She has 12 male dancers and they all feel like brothers to her already. So she's very excited about that. She mentioned that they did rehearsals in a secret location to finalize everything and they rented these houses while they were doing the rehearsals and one of the houses had sheep there and that's when she filmed her Instagram video. She thought these sheep were really rude. She preferred the goats over the sheep. And Taylor also said that she really loved guest editing Glamour because she felt like she was a real journalist who had deadlines and <laughs> had to get everything to press. I definitely think she could be a journalist if she wanted to. Even just like last summer when she did that piece in the Wall Street Journal, I thought I really want to see her write more stuff. Yeah, it is great to see her writing more, not just with the Wall Street Journal, but even with the Time 100. She wrote for Ina and people have been asking her to write a book, hopefully someday. The final interview that Taylor did this past week was for Extra. Some of the things she said in this interview is that she hopes the fans don't feel like the tour is similar at all to her previous tours. She feels the need to top herself each time. She said she's already started sending emails and calling people to schedule special guests. She said that she's been acting like a booking agent lately, calling up some <laughs> of her friends, I'm sure, and other artists who she's hoping to have as special guests on tour. And finally, she said she stays grounded by focusing on what is important and what is actually difficult. She said getting to do this job is the greatest thing to ever happen to her. I liked that part. Because sometimes you have celebrities and famous people who complain about everything. And Taylor just realizes every day this is what she's always wanted to do. Well, as we mentioned, Taylor had a busy week of rehearsing. Um, but she did take some time out to take photos with the 1989 dancers. And she also tweeted a video of one of the dancers' reactions to learning that he was selected to go on tour. And then after rehearsing, Taylor went to L.A. where she hung out with Haim, Lord, Sarah Love, Halston Sage, Calvin Harris, and Ellie Golding. Taylor also took the time to call Emily Beasley, a 12-year-old girl who is battling cancer. And Taylor's call made Emily smile ear to ear. I'm so glad she's from Chicago or the Chicago area, and I was seeing so many stories about trying to get Taylor's attention. While we have a number of things on the upcoming schedule, and the schedule just keeps getting more exciting. Taylor will return to the United States for a performance on May 15th at the Rock in Rio concert in Las Vegas. That should be really exciting. Two days later, on May 17th, will be the Billboard Awards. It has still not yet been confirmed, but it does seem likely that she will attend. And of course, we hope that she will be performing. Taylor has 14 nominations for the Billboard Awards. And one that us fans can help her win is the Chart Achievement Award. The voting is now open, and you can go to Billboard.com to help Taylor win that award. Well, now it's time for our fashion, and Taylor had some really cute stuff in the weeks before she started the tour. Our first one is from April 18th. Taylor was out and about in New York City. She wore a Miss Patina Jacqueline dress, which was 69.80 euros. She also wore Jimmy Choo Iris Patton Square toe pumps for $675 and a yellow Srippian Annie bag, which was 950 euros. 
Well, the next outfit I personally loved, and it was from a sheep video, which Taylor posted on April 27th. She was wearing the Wild Fox Couture Live on an Island baggy jumper, which is on sale for 48 euros. As soon as I saw that, I knew it was Wild Fox. She loves their stuff. And with that, she had on the Victoria's Secret knockout crop pants. And the print that she had isn't available, but the same style of pants is still available for $59.50. Then when Taylor took photos with the dancers for tour, she wore another Wild Fox item, the London plaid baggy beach jumper, which is usually $128. It's on sale for $89.60. And Taylor also wore this same jumper when she took photos with Jamie King for the Godmother announcement. It looks comfortable. For the Entertainment Tonight interview, which took place on April 29th, Taylor wore a three-floor Lace Vision Fit and Flare dress, and that can be found for $303. I love that dress. It has so many different blues in it. I wish it were not $303. Yeah, that one was really pretty. I like that one. And then for the extra TV interview that Taylor did on April 29th, she wore a red Aritzia Tallulah Menzita tank, which is $45, but that exact color was sold out. Finally, from the Glamour UK photo shoot, on the inside spread, she was wearing a Stella McCartney pre-fall 2015 black pointed hem turtleneck sweater. And in another photo, she was wearing a black crop button-up top and skirt from the Chanel Spring 2015 collection. And in another one, she wore the Anthony Vaccarello Spring 2015 black and white dress with one sleeve. None of those have prices because, honestly, we just can't afford them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are all, as always, from TaySwiftStyle.com. So thanks to her for tracking down the outfits. And I can't wait to see her track down all the tour outfits. I'm sure she'll do that for a lot of them. And it will be more things we can't afford, probably. Well, just a few reminders for you guys. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you haven't already. I'm sure that you will want to get all of our upcoming episodes as soon as possible with the tour updates and hitting subscribe on iTunes will allow you to do that. And if you're enjoying our episodes, you can always leave us a review on iTunes. We love that or a five star rating. It only takes a minute and it would be really awesome. And just a reminder of our contact methods, you can tweet us and please do tweet us anything you want about the tour at SwiftCast13 or you can go to facebook.com slash theswiftcast. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. All of this is also on our website, which is swiftcast13.com. Well, please excuse our different hosts between part one and part two, as these were recorded at different times. But for right now, for episode 105, signing off, this is Ashley. Nate. Steph. And Ashley. We will see you guys next week for even more tour discussions. Thanks, guys. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.